Coming up on this week's podcast, we take a look at this weekend's talking points. We look at Luton and Wolves. Uh, we've got some more Wonders of White, another Who Am I, and Liam's put together another quiz. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode four of the new series of the for Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as always. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? Not too bad, Liam. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Although uh, quite a, a short weekend in terms of Premier League football, but loads of sport on the telly. So overall, was, very good. Yeah, it was um, good wins for Monaco against PSG 3-0. And then... Um, Barcelona. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Quite embarrassing, really, for Real Madrid. Um, although they are still top, aren't they? So I don't think they'll lose too much sleep about it. But you never want to lose to your your, your fiercest rivals in that sort oh. of way, um, especially when Aubameyang is scoring at free will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it never looks too good on you. But yeah, no, there's been. Um, not not so many games this weekend, but obviously for Chelsea they got through to another semi final FA Cup. So and we and we managed to draw Crystal Palace, which <laughs> so we've we've missed um yeah. Man City. It could be uh, a um same as the, the, the Carabao Cup final, it could be a Liverpool Chelsea final, so yeah. Interesting. And you took some fans up to Middlesbrough, which I wasn't expecting. There was a few few Chelsea fans there. Yeah, I think they bought their tickets pre um <clears throat> pre everything happening. So I think there was six hundred, seven hundred people up there. So um but now they obviously we've got an international break next week, so hopefully they can get something sorted with the, the sort of week they have off. Um it's an, I think it's another away trip to Leicester after that, so again not too bad, but obviously they want to they want to get fans in for the, especially the FA Cup semi final, you know, at Wembley. It would be odd to have half the full and the other half totally empty. Yeah, yeah. From from what I hear, there's the bids. There's quite a few bids being, you know, that, that were put in on that, you know, before the deadline on Friday. So we just have to see um, who 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 they go ahead with. Um, from from what I hear, they've all sort of in and around the sort of money that they were looking for. So, yeah, to wait to see. it's a bit different this week on Talking Points. We've actually, um, obviously because there wasn't that many Premier League games at the weekend, um, we are going to talk about Wolves in a bit. Um, but firstly, we are going to talk um, about the Championship. Liam, you've got a bit of experience in championships. <laughs> Sorry. Well, such, a, such a long time ago, I'd forgotten about those glory games when we used to win more than we lost. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to look um, just quickly, obviously, very close in the playoff um, playoff places at the moment. So, uh, I think it's any one of that. I think Sheffield Wednesday went from ninth to fifth at the weekend. Sheffield United up. Sorry. That's uh, going to make some people in Sheffield very angry. Uh, oh, oh well, <laughs> and um, so it's very, very close. Um, but there, there is one team um, that I am quite impressed with at the moment. That's Luton. Um, obviously, their manager Nathan Jones um, is actually his second stint at the club because he did leave briefly for Stoke, didn't he? And um, 
that didn't work out very well for him. Or Stoke. Or Stoke, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was quite, he was actually quite good when he was there first time around. When he got him up um, from League One, and then um, yeah, decided to leave. I don't, I'm not sure why. And then um, obviously now he's back. They seem to be firing on all cylinders at the moment. Um, another impressive win against Hull at the weekend. Um, and the top scorer Edebayo, 14 goals, signed from Walsall a couple of seasons ago. So it's not like they've been spending huge amounts of money. Um, and noticeably, they have got a, a bit of Premier League experience in, in and around the squad. So I was looking through their squad. They've got Snodgrass, um, Cameron Jerome, Harry Cornick, and then a few players that you might recognise, Liam, Jed Steer, James Bree and Henry Lansbury. Yeah, and of course, Snodgrass being an ex-Villa player as well. Yeah, so... On loan, but uh, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, Lansbury really didn't do much for Villa, to be fair. Um, James Bree was kind of in and around the under-23s, I think. We didn't really do yeah. that much with him. But yeah, in, in Jed Steer, they've got a very good championship goalkeeper. Snodgrass, we loved him the year that he was with us. He... The championship is, you know, it, now he's getting, I think he's 33, I think, something like that. It's probably his level. I, I think he was a, above that level when he played in that league with us. But very creative, great on set pieces, so a very smart player. And I think what a lot of teams fail to do, but what is ultimately quite successful in the championship and even in leagues below that is they get a philosophy and it's not necessarily about spending money it's about finding players that suit that system and Luton seem to have found their system and we'll touch on it a little bit with Wolves later because I think they did something very similar in the in the championship although they did have money to back it up but um, if you can find that system that works for you and you can get players to, Mm. to like in that, that are built around that system, it can really work wonders. And if you put a, a, this is the time of year where a good run of form in the championship will see you get to the playoffs or get that automatic spot and go up. So fair play to them. Um, yeah. Not spending big money, they don't get huge crowds, but it's working. You got to say fair yeah. to the manager. I think you hit the nail on the head there with the, the sort of tactical approach that he's gone with. Um, He's he's almost thought about how he's going to play and then sort of tried to sign players that he knows that have got experience and that are going to be a good team fit for um, for the team. Um, but yeah, even when they came up against Chelsea the other day in the FA Cup, you know they didn't do they didn't do themselves a disservice. They were quite unlucky not actually to get you know maybe take it to extra time in in, in that game. But um, yeah, it's 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 good to see because obviously you've got all the big clubs out there that you normally would expect to see, sort of you know Bournemouth and Fulham. And um, but you know can, can Luton keep it going and can they get up to the Premier League? You know. It's if, if they do get up, I, I think the, the squad, you know, they, they don't want to go out and buy, you know, ten, twenty different players. I think, you know, it, they may be the team. They probably have the lowest transfer budget in the league, but you I, know, I think they, they've learned maybe from last time because, and this is going back a few years. I think they were either they either got in the playoffs or they were close to mm. getting to the playoffs. 
And I think they'd maybe spent above their means a little bit. And the fact that they didn't then get promoted was what eventually almost killed them, really. I think they almost went out of business, but they went down the leagues into the conference. <clears throat> they were still in that league less than 10 years ago. Um, so the rise that they're going through at the moment, it has been quite quick. I just hope they don't, and then they'll be more aware of it than any team because it has happened to them. Mm. They don't want to put all their eggs in one basket and then if they fail at this attempt to, to get promoted, for it to be extremely costly, um, I'm sure they will have learnt from it. But um, it's good to see a different name. Like you say, the, the teams that you expect to be up there are probably up there. Some of the bigger names are maybe struggling a, lit, a little bit in that league. But um, it would be nice to see a new name in the Premiership, I think. Yeah, well, they've only actually scored three goals less than Bournemouth, who are, who are, who are above them. They are six points behind Bournemouth. Um but they, they do have a slight advantage over the teams around them, Luton, that they do have a game in hand. Um, but, you know, they have got, they, you know, they, they, they do play Fulham towards the end of the season. Um, but other than that, they haven't, they've got Huddersfield as well, but other than that, they haven't really got many teams to play around them. So, you know, I think they're giving themselves a, a real, real good chance here. Um, and, you know, if, if they can, you know, keep on, Sort of getting the results they're getting now. Um, I can't see why they don't make the playoffs. Whether they're good enough to go up, and if they do go up, whether they can stay up, um, you know, it's to be seen. But it's just good to see a different team up and around that sort of league. And you know, I think a lot of it is down, you know, to Nathan Jones, who's, you know, he did wonders for them first, you know, first time round, and and seems to. Have Sort of not even doesn't even feel like he left for Stoke, you know. Came straight, started straight back in, and you know he gets he gets he gets them working really hard. And I think that you know hard to score against as well. That was one thing Chelsea really struggled against them was to find an opening because they were so well sort of rehearsed at the back. It was um you know it, it, it was hard for Chelsea to actually get in. But you know Nathan Jones, he's you know, he was in he was in the Yeovil team that saw Yeovil start you know go up through the conference through, you know, League Two and then sort of in and around League One um, before he left. But he played, I think he played over a hundred. He must have played over a hundred and fifty games for Yeovil. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, very impressive it's stuff. It's also worth. Um, I don't know if you have had a look, but Kenilworth Road. Um, it's a ground that I've actually I've, I've actually driven past it, and the entrance to some of the turnstiles are through people's houses. Yeah, I saw, really yeah. And ground, but yeah, if if there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it, have a Google, because you wouldn't know it's there unless you were told. So um, yeah, it, it'll be a really interesting if they do go up. It'll, I, it'll be a really interesting place for the, the bigger teams it, to go. As you saw this year, Chris, obviously Chelsea sort of struggled a little bit. Well, the ground is is very, you know, the 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 the, the the stands are so close to the pitch. There's not yeah. much, you know, there's not much room. Even the dugout is sort of in and amongst sort of where, where all the seating is because there's just literally, I don't think they've got even got a, a technical box because I don't think there's room for one. Um, but I think, you know, if they go up, I think, you know, it'll be a, a shock to the system because there's not many players that would have played at a ground like that. Yeah. Um, and, 
you know, they, they've, you know, they've played well up until now, so all they've got to do is just, you know, keep it going. It's always a way, isn't it? The team that puts that run together to, this yeah, is normally the favourite to go. We did it, obviously, Villa, we won 10 in a row, and that was enough to give us momentum. So if they can keep on this, uh, on this way, then, then why not? Yeah. So, uh, good luck to them. Um, I, I think we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch with this one, I think, until the end of the season, just to, just to see if they can, um, push on and, um, at least get to the play. I don't think they'll go up first or second, but I think they've got a very good chance of going through the playoffs. And like you said, it's going to be the experienced players that get them there, I think. So, um, yeah, so now, we're, um, we're going to move on to Wolves. Um, and obviously the sort of, sort of football that they've been playing recently, obviously they lost on Friday to Leeds after being 2-0 up. Um, but the sending off was a bit of a joke, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I just can't understand how he, they've managed to give him a second yellow for, 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 for nothing really, for just, you know, trying to win the ball. I just, you know. <laughs> It's just, you know, getting a bit farcical now and, you know, the the red card has, you know, it's ter- turned the tide and, and, you know, Leeds have gone on to win the game. But it's not sort of that game that we're just focusing on. It's sort of their performances throughout the season. Yeah, I just, uh, I thought it was, um, it's quite interesting because I think they've gone under the radar a little bit. I think over the last few weeks, I've heard a, a few more people maybe talking about what a good job Lager's doing. Um, you know, he took over a, a decent squad from Santo, I think, but yeah. I, don't, I don't really think anyone expected them to be playing as as well as they are. Certainly, still in the fight for Europa League next year. I think when sort of over the last few years, especially since Wolves have come up, they've been kind of known for, you know, they've had the likes of Neves, Jimenez before he got injured. It was quite exciting. Traore was quite an explosive player. There was kind of known for um, having a bit of flair and uh, and getting results that way. But Lager's changed the dynamic, I think, a little bit. And it's, it's yeah. built on a strong defence these days. I mean, I, to be honest, there's there's not really one player in the system that they play who particularly stands out. You know, looking at their strikers, there's no one who's going to get 15, 20 goals a year, as much as I'm sure Wolves fans would love Jimenez to hit that form again. They haven't got that player at the moment, but it doesn't seem to be hindering them too much. Um, they seem to be grinding out results, whereas before I, I don't think they were um, they were able to do that. They were either blowing teams mm-hmm. away or, or they were losing. Obviously, they've still got Neves, who is top class on his day, but I think just the system that they're playing in now gives them a bit more stability, and it's less of less of what like it's less about individual players, more about the effort as a group. Um, although they did obviously lose against Wolves, I think the sending off obviously, as you say, had a huge effect on that. They looked quite comfortable, really. I think until that point, the game was kind of ebbing and flowing. It, it was a bit, you know, end to end, but they seemed to be coping a little bit better. And then to to lose a man, it just seemed to um, affect their confidence a little bit. I don't know whether Europe is going to be on the cards for them this season. I think, you know, they're eighth at the moment and that would probably represent a good season for them. But 
as we said about Luton, they came up with a brand, didn't they? They came up with a philosophy and they stuck to it. And it's a credit to good board decisions, like sensible decisions made by the management. I hadn't heard of Lager before he came in. I hadn't heard of Santo before he came in. But they, they did their research, allowed them to bring in players. Obviously, they're known now for having like a Portuguese spine of the team, if you like. And it just shows what what happens when you have a board who have faith in the manager. Um, I don't know whether there is a job out there that, that Lager might be tempted by, but I, I do think he's gone under the radar a little bit at the moment, but I think if he continues with this, we could see a, I don't want to say bigger team because Wolves are a big club, but we could see someone coming in for him. And, uh, and why not? I think he's done a terrific job. Well, I think, you know, sort of their key players, I think, are the two of Phil Nevers and Matini, because they're the ones that seem to be able to recycle the ball really well. Yeah. And, and and both of them have got pretty good range on their passes, especially Matini, you know, he's quite well, um, quite well rehearsed when it comes to long passes and sort of experience he brings. But like you said, n- none of the players you know, on paper, really, but they work well as a unit. Um, you know, half of them are Portuguese. Um, but when you look at the back, you've got sort of Cody, Bolly, and, and Sayas. Um, Same back line, really. You know, they've fighted. Yeah, and they, they've, as a, as a back line, you know, they've really worked well um, together. And then, you know, one player that goes under the radar is Dendonka. Yeah. I mean, the guy can play anywhere in midfield. Um, you know, if you need him to sit in front of the back four, he can do that. Or he can, he's got, you know, he's got a bit of attack and flair with him as well. But, um, you know, they, they, they've, it's just worked for them this season. I'm, I'm not sure what it is, and I'm not sure why previous manager couldn't get it to work. Maybe he got them to a certain stage that he thought he could. But even then, they were doing, I thought, well above what they, mm-hmm. they you know, probably what they should do. And, you know, um, Lark come in and, you know, he, I don't think he's changed too much. I don't think a lot has changed. Um, but I think the, the belief in, in the players, I think, is, is a lot. And I think Cody is, you know, an extremely good defender yeah. on his day. Um, and without him in the back sort of three, you know, they do struggle sometimes. And, but, you know, the, the 10 points ahead of Villa, who they play next? So theoretically, you say they beat, you know, say they beat Villa, they they sort of open that gap e- up even more. So they're only looking up really now. Yeah, they've got, they've still got to play Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, and Brighton. Are probably for them they, the games that they're looking at as winnable. So that's another sort of twelve, fifteen points if you take the Villa game as well. They have got to play Liverpool and Chelsea in the last three games, which is, you know, they they they're good enough to get something from that get from those games, especially against Chelsea. I always hate playing Wolves. I don't know why it is, but um, but they're gonna. They, I I think they'll finish. I think they'll finish just outside the Europa League. I think they'll get the the Conference League um, because I think. When you look at the other teams there, you know, Tottenham, you never really know what Tottenham are going to turn up. You can get the Tottenham that seem to play quite well, you know, 
or you get the Tottenham that just don't seem to be that, that interest. Man United is so unpredictable at the moment, you never know. West Ham kind of fallen short recently, I thought, in their performances. I thought, with, with West Ham, I thought the, the one thing that they didn't buy in the, in the January transfer, it was a striker. Yeah. I think it's a striker would have, com- yeah. it really would have completed that squad, I think. If they found the right person, I and just I think it would have... I've seen a lot of West Ham fans on, on social media sort of saying, you compare the size of their squad with other English teams in Europe, their squad yeah. is a lot smaller. And, and and it is, you know, but they are trying, I think, to bring through academy players. It obviously works so well with Rice, you know. Um, yeah. They, they want to emulate that. I think Ben Johnson's come in recently and he's done well this season. So, you know, maybe they know more um, about who's coming through. But, yeah, it's um, – and, and I think Wolves, if they get into Europe, they're going to have something similar, you know. You need a big squad if you're going to compete in the last stages of these tournaments because you're going to be playing two or three times a week, uh, especially at this time of year. It's, it is going to catch up on you. So, um, yeah, I think I, th- I think you're right. I think they might sneak in Wolves. I I, I kind of I think I feel like they deserve to because, like mm. you say, <laughs> Cody's excellent at the back for them, and he kind of epitomises everything about what they're good at. And it's being well organised. It's being hard to beat, hard to break down. But they've got that extra little bit going forward that gives them just that, just that enough to get that one goal that they need and keep a clean sheet. So um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see where they go next year. I don't know what they're like in terms of finances. Obviously, they they got taken over in the championship and spent big for that for that division to go up. And um, since then. It, They've probably been at a similar level to the teams around them without spending, without overspending. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they back the manager and, and you know, really go and make a statement and uh, and spend big in the summer. Because I think if they if they could do that, if they could get that financial backing, mm. they could they could be a, a good force for a few years. I think Wolves. I think I think they you know depending on where they finish they they may feel the need to bring in players obviously if they get into Europe um, but it's it's one of those where if they keep the team that they've got I don't think they they won't get any worse they'll probably just get a little bit better so you know we'll have to wait and see but um, that was talking points for this week. Just quickly, I just saw that Ollie Watkins has been added to the England team. He has. I'm quite surprised, to be honest. Quite a few have dropped out. I don't know why Reese James was in the the team to start off with, because he's been injured. I I don't know why they they even bothered putting him in there. But I see Alexander-Arnold, Ramsdale and Tammy Abraham have all withdrawn. Yeah. um, Grayson's coming in. Mitchell... Walker Peters, Johnson and Watkins have come in, so you know, it's good to see Conor Gallagher in the England team as well. Yeah. Um, he's had a good season. I think he's year. definitely deserved that. Like, two Crystal Palace players actually. Uh, may have both. I believe there's actually both. three. Mitchell, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. He he played for Chelsea last season, so Chelsea doing the business um when it comes to bringing in Talent. Be interesting to see what what happens to Gallagher next year. Obviously, he's only on loan. 
do you, I, I was just wondering whether he's going to get a game for Chelsea or whether they'll kick him out again. Well, no, I think I think he's I think he's got a good chance. It depends. The problem is that the midfield is is probably one of the most crowded positions that we've actually got because you got midfield. You got Kante, Kovacic, Jorginho, Mount can play there as well. So, you know. It's, up, it's probably going to be up to him if he wants to stay and fight for his place. He'll off his cheek as well, Ross Barkley, but I don't think either yeah, of those think, will oh, be there. Barkley's not playing again. Yeah. Um, so we'll wait and see. You know, he's 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 done what Mason Mount did really. He's gone out on loan, proved himself that he can play. You know, at the top level, and would. We'll, just have to see what happens, really. I think it's, he's the sort of player that he's going to give you sort of that hundred ten percent every game. So, yeah, I was just saying, I just, I just, just saw before we came on that Ollie Watkins had been added. Um, it's only friendlies, though, isn't it? From what yeah, I'm aware of, so it's yeah. not, you know, it's not hugely, you know, significant sort of games. Um, I thought we could it. I thought he might experiment a little bit more. He's, he's got, you know, Kane is obviously in there, Henderson, um, people that I think have maybe played quite a lot of games this year. I think maybe they Probably, they're... you know, I may be out of sort of saying this, but I don't know why Jack Grealish is in there. <laughs> I think he could... I thought <laughs> it funny. He's done, he's done all right, but he's not, you know, he's not lit up the Premier League this season at Manchester City. I mean... I mean, there's there's other players out there like um, Jared Bowen. Why is Jared Bowen not there? Or I, am I, I being think mad? he's injured, to be fair, because I think he probably would have been in the start yeah, if he wasn't. Yeah, I, I would definitely <laughs> pick him, to be honest. But, you yeah. know, he, he's made he's made a statement in the fact that he's not Pitt Rashford, and I think yeah. if anything's going to pick up his performance as Rashford, it will be known that, you know, as it stands... Is he going? He'll probably go to the World Cup no matter what. You know, if he if he play if he's still playing like he's playing now, I still think he'll go. But um, he's probably just a kick up the arse from Southgate saying, "Look, you need to start performing." Um, but yes, yeah, um, we'll have to wait and see. There's there's going to be a few debuts anyway. Um, but like you said. You know, if he start if he starts with Greenish, Kane and Sterling, he's not really achieving anything, is it? No. <laughs> in a friendly, you want to start with sort of. Well, he's at, he's added Watkins in, so you might as well start Watkins, Smith Rowe, and Saka. Yeah. Up top, and then give someone like Gallagher and Will Prowse a chance in the middle, and then sort of Cody, Mitchell, Walker, Peters, and Ben White, maybe. Yeah. Um it's, it's just a bit it's strange that they're having to play friendlies, especially a crucial part of the season for most clubs. I'm surprised that most clubs have let their players go, to be honest with you. Well, all Liverpool, Man City players, even you know United have only just gone out of Europe. Chelsea are obviously still in. They must all be knackered. They've played so many games this year because, you know, like obviously Chelsea, Liverpool got to the Carabao Cup final, also yeah. still in the FA Cup. Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens. I, I thought he might experiment a bit more, but obviously I've I've got Gareth Southgate wrong. It's <laughs> in that, you know, Grealish was in the form of, form of his life and had to really fight to get in that team, and he's probably been playing not not bad. Average. I'd say he's been average. He, yeah, he, he, he's played probably the worst football he's played for about three years. And he and just gets in the squad. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's um, that's it for part one. In part two, we'll be back with Wonders of White. Who am I? And Liam has drawn together another quiz for me. So we'll see you in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. We're going to go straight into Wonders of White. And this week we have a fifth Wonders of White. Never been done before. Never been done before because I'd literally seen it about 10 minutes before we were come recording and I didn't want to take any of those out. So <laughs> I've just added another one. Excellent. Okay, so... Jota is now the outright Portuguese top scorer within the top five leagues. Um, he overtook Cristiano Ronaldo at the weekend. Uh, Tammy is that Ab- this season? Sorry, yeah. is that this season? Yeah. This season, I thought, yeah. I thought Hossa would have scored loads more than Ronaldo this year. Interesting. I, don't, I hardly remember Ronaldo scoring at all. But Apparently, Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo's got 17 goals. Really? 18, yeah. I think that's in all competitions. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Not league. Cool. Ronaldo did score at the other day. So he did actually overtake Yossa and then Yossa was thinking about. Um, Tammy Abraham has now scored 15 Serie A goals this season. Um, this is the most he's ever scored in a season. And then, but staggeringly, he's actually scored. Just less than Lewandowski this calendar year. He's actually second. Lewandowski's. I was going to say he's doing very well out there. To be honest, you love him out there. Yeah, I'm rightly so. Look at the video. Have you seen the video from yesterday? I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. To be fair, and and he does deserve it. You know, Villa fans everywhere will still remember it very fondly. Do want to pull you up on that though? I think he did score more goals for Villa. Just saying. I think he got about he 25. Flight. Yeah. All right, we won't count those years. But we were <laughs> not there. Um, so this was the 80th time that Manchester City have scored four or more under Pep Guardiola. Oh. 80th. That's incredible. Uh, Michael, Michael Alise now has the joint most assists in the Premier League for an under-21 player. He's he was talking. another one I thought might be in the England team. Yeah. He played very well. well I think... Am I right in saying that he is weighing up options for another nation that he could potentially play for? Yeah. Uh, he's tied with Phil Foden. They've both got eight. And then the last one. This This is more... I wouldn't say a stat, but more of a... A story or um, something that happened at the weekend. So, Mustafa Cisse, ever heard of him? I haven't, no. Well, you are now. You're going to hear about him now. So, he came on to score the winning goal for Atlanta against Bologna at the weekend. Just a month ago, he was playing in the eighth tier of Italy. Wow. So... Yeah, they signed him four weeks ago. He's played three games for their, like, B team, and he scored three goals, and he came on at the weekend and scored the the only goal of the game. They won 1-0. What a yeah. 
four weeks ago he was in the eighth tier of Italy. So you will not find him on Football Manager. Blimey. Yeah, but basically, that is basically us sat at home, isn't it? To be honest, eight. the eighth tier is the northern county. Well, for 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 my local region, it's probably the northern counties league division one. So that that's like someone getting found there, and then four weeks later scoring for West Ham or Wolves, the winning goal. <laughs> Fair play. Crazy, yeah. He's only eighteen, um, but yeah, what story? And yeah, you know, what? Ta- you know, four weeks ago he was he was unfortunately just you know in in football terms he wasn't really anybody, and now he is. Yeah, fair play. But yeah, well that okay. Um, we're going to move on to your quiz. Yes, the quiz. So last week. We spoke very, very briefly about um, football rivalries. So I thought I'd put together a quiz all about good old-fashioned English football derbies. So you've got ten questions. See how many you get. Um, I've no idea whether this is too difficult or too easy. I'm not too sure. But we'll see how it goes. So are you ready? (laughs) Go on. Okay, question number one. Name the two teams involved in the Old Farm Derby. The Old Farm Derby. Yeah, which I just thought was a brilliant name. Oh my god! Is is this is this like worldwide or is it within the UK? All English teams, and I haven't even gone like lesser English teams. They're all. I think every team mentioned in this quiz has played in the Premier League at some point. Okay, the old farm derby. That would make me think that it's sort of down my way. I don't know why, but um, oh, I actually have no idea. I'll say I'm actually going to go a bit. I'll go Norwich Ipswich. Correct. It is Norwich Ipswich. Yes. Um, which I'd never heard before, and I just thought it was quite a fun name. Um, so well done. First question, one point. Let me jot that down. Aren't, aren't it such named <clears throat> their nickname? The they're, tra- tra- they're the Tractor Boys. Tractor Boys, aren't they? Yeah, that's the only reason I thought about it. Go on, the Old Farm Derby. <laughs> that's like that's like the knockoff version of the Old Farm Derby. That's like a straight to DVD release. Yeah. That is the Old Farm Derby. And it's it's like the fran. It's like a film that's had like three different franchises from it, and then they've literally just <laughs> picked together the bones for a full film, and they've done. We'll call it the Old Farm Derby. <laughs> it runs close for my favourite Derby name, and, and I can say this because it, this Derby isn't in the quiz at all. Um, but Cheltenham Town against Forest Green is El Glossico, which I just think is genius. Sure. Whoever thought of that is an absolute genius. Oh, well, then. That's the next one. Um, no, question number two. So, Craig Gardner has played on both sides of the West Midlands derby, but who has he played more league games for? Is it Villa or Birmingham? Uh, you know, weirdly, I would. I think I've seen his name because when I was doing my research on Villa and... I was trying to find a question about players that have played for both teams, but I never actually looked into that much depth. Um, 
I just can't remember him playing that much for Villa, but then I, I don't really know if he played for Birmingham. I'll go for Birmingham. Correct, he did. Yeah, he was, played yeah. 109 league games for Birmingham. He can't have played that much for Villa, surely. 59 yeah, 50 that's league games for Villa. Although, he did play more for Villa in the Premier League. Most of his appearances came from oh, the right. Championship. So, just want to put that out there. Just to give myself a little bit of credit. Um, well done, two out of two. Uh, question number three. Who is the only Premier League player to score for both sides in the North London derby? That's Arsenal v Spurs. The only Premier League player to score for both oh, There couldn't sides. have been that there. I say there couldn't have been that many, but there's probably been a few that have played for both, but whether they've scored... There is only one that has scored for both. There's a few oh. who have played for both. I can think of at least three. Oh, the only the only one that's screaming out to me now is that be your correct. Yes, is the only person yeah. to score for both sides. I I mean I know Sol Campbell. So, yeah, I was got, Sol thought. Campbell was my first thought, and then I thought about him. Thought well, I'd be yours play for both. I remember Gallas, and I think didn't David Bentley play for both? I remember, I remember him scoring against Arsenal. Yeah, that's worldy yeah. against them. Anyway, three out of three so far. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm happy four. with that. In 2009, Manchester United beat Manchester City 4-3. But who scored the 96th minute? That is Michael Owen. Correct. It wasn't Michael <laughs> Owen. I, I thought that made that a bit more difficult and saying who scored the two goals for Man City. Um, wondered if you can remember that. I might give you a bonus point. Two goals for Man on that day. On that day. Can you remember who, who scored? When was it 2000 and... Nine. 2009. Oh, oof. Um, no. Um, I want to say Tevez, but was it Tevez? No, not sure Craig Bellamy. Pella. Craig Bellamy. Uh, number five, this one is one of the Chelsea derbies. Which former Fulham manager played for both Chelsea and Fulham in the Premier League? Did you say former Fulham manager? Former Fulham manager. The only one I know is Scott Parker. Correct, it is indeed Scott Parker. Five out of five so far. Slipped in this. Absolutely slipped in it. Only two managers have taken charge of both Newcastle and Sunderland in the Premier League. Can you name either one of them? Newcastle and Sunderland. Oh, lordy, lordy. Oh, Steve Bruce. Correct. Steve Bruce is one of them. Can you name the other one? Just out of interest. Uh, uh, no. Sam Allardyce. Oh. <laughs> managed both. Which you know, I just forget. I mean, chances are, like he's managed so many teams. I was about to say, to, uh, always go Valadice. If you've got a manager's question, if you've got a question about a team that's been relegated or near relegation or promoted from Championship, just go with Sam Allardyce. Exactly. Or, or Tony Poulos. <laughs> yeah, he's the other one. Um, question number seven, then. You're doing really well, so I'm going to throw in a difficult one. Oh. Uh, the highest fee that Liverpool have ever paid Everton for a player is £6 million, which was paid in the year 2000 for which England international? In 2000. Oh, lordy, 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 lordy. 
You said English. He is English. He was an England international. And he cost Liverpool £6 million from Everton in the year 2000. Uh, I have no idea. I will say... It's Jamie Carragher. No, it was Nick Barmby. How can I forget? Another good answer. If you ever got a footballer that's played for about 20 different Premier League clubs, Nick Barmby's the answer. Always the way. Um, Question number eight. Which striker played for Harry Redknapp at both Southampton and Portsmouth in the noughties? Striker? Yes. Southampton and Portsmouth. Oh, blimey. Both under Harry Redknapp. Both quite successful spells, as I remember. Oh, no. It's gone. I can't think of it. Crouch is the one that keeps sorry, but I don't think you play for Saints. If I were you, I'll stick with it. I'm going to give you a point, because it is indeed Peter Crouch. It is, Congratulations, yeah. He, uh... He was at Southampton in, I think it was 2005, 2006. Oh. Got his move to Liverpool and then ended up at Portsmouth. Oh, you mean, uh, yeah. right, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that. Right, well done. Um, question number nine, two more to go. What is the informal name of the derby between Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United? Oh. A chat redeem yourself with the people of Sheffield, by the way. <laughs> um... I want to say it's like something like the Steel Derby or something like that. I'm going to give you the point. Still, it's still the City Derby. Yeah, the Steel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I vaguely remember hearing something about it before the Steel Derby. Okay. Final question. Question yeah. number ten. Derby County and Nottingham Forest have played each other 99 times in the Football League, but which team has the most league wins? <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll just say Derby. Wrong, it is Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest have won 39 to Derby's 33, and then obviously the rest have been draws. But well done, 8 out of 10. That's a good score. That seems I'm to be happy. what we're all getting at the minute. I'll, um, I'll have to do you one next week, and when I'll do it. I'll, I'll make sure they're... Um, I did guess a few, but I, I did know a couple, though. I did know a couple. We're going to get a lower league. Lower you're league. you're going to get the northern. You're going to get the northern county southern division league Excellent. one um, history uh, for you. Um, but yeah, okay. So moving on to who am I? So with the theme of the championship in talking points, this is where we're going with who am I. And I have clues. I have two clues for you if if needed, but I. Don't think you're going to need them. Okay. Because I think the first team might be a giveaway. Okay. So this player has played for Villa. Right. He then went on loan to Watford. He then signed for Derby. He went on loan to Wolves. And he is at the club he's at next, is the club he's at now. He started at Villa. Yeah. Loan to Watford. Went to Derby and then on loan to Wolves. Then on loan to Wolves. Not many players have played for both Villa and Wolves. Started at Villa, loan to Watford. 
I'm drawing a blank here a little bit. Let me have a let me have a think for us just a second. Because no, give me a clue. Okay, so your first clue. <clears throat> you can have. Do you want them both, or do you just want one? Let's go one to begin with. I'll okay, see so the first is he scored 18 league goals this season in the championship. Oh god! So okay, he's still playing in the championship. So he's gone from Wolves. Who's doing well? I need to brush up on my championship top scorers before we came on here. Um. Can't remember any ex Villa strikers doing particularly well in the championship. The only one that's doing quite well is Archer, but obviously he still plays for us. Um, I'm going to need clue number two, I'm afraid. Clue number two is the player's nationality. Okay. He's, Aus- he's Austrian. He's Austrian. Well, I don't ever remember him playing for Wolves, but it's got to be Andy Vyman then. It is Andy Vyman, yeah. Yeah, he did have a brief spurt at Wolves on loan. Um, I didn't even know that. And when he was at Watford on loan, he actually, from from what it looks like, you, you loaned him out for half a season and he went back out on loan there for the rest of the season. Um, but it was Vyman. He's got 18 goals this season. He scored again for Bristol. So he's at Bristol City at the moment. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately um, for him, yeah. He's, he's, been he's actually been playing at right wing back for them recently. I was watching the championship highlights and he scored a winner. I think it was against Blackburn the other week um, from right wing back. I don't know if he's yeah. been playing there all year, but if he if he has to get 18 goals. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think he's been, I think he's been playing up front. I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, fair play to No, that was quite a good one. I couldn't well, this is, this is the most he's ever scored in a season. Because last season, I think he only scored about four or five goals for them. So, um, But he has been there for five or six seasons now. Yeah, so. he's been there a long time. And um, to be fair, considering he, he sort of came on the scene had a really good first year with our senior squad. Mm. And I remember seeing reports that, like, Valencia were after him, like, big names in Europe. And I was thinking, no, like, hands off our, our boy. And then he basically didn't do much after that. That was it. And he, and he had that one good year for us, and then we had to let him go. But fair play to him. He's still going, still playing at a good level. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, Who Am I? And um, that that wraps it up for this week. Do you have anything else, Liam? Nothing else from me. No. Um, there is no podcast next week. Also, because there is an international break, um, and no one wants to hear us talking about two England friendlies for, for an hour. So no, we, we, don't like that. <laughs> we won't put you through that. Um, so yeah, we'll be back in two weeks' time. So we will see you then. <laughs>